Okay, so this might be a sermonette. Are you ready for a sermonette? 2 Timothy, chapter 2. Don't, don't waste my four minutes. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 3 to 7. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 3 to 7. Join with me in suffering. This is Paul talking to Timothy and it's now Steve talking to his church. (laughs) Join with me in suffering. Say suffering. Suffering. It's a really important word to underline because uh, Paul means a lot by this. We'll unpack that in just a moment. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Close the sermon. (laughs) Seriously, the Holy Spirit will lead you to understand what this means. I'm almost tempted to just leave it there. Listen, Paul says... Join with me in suffering. Suffering to Paul was this idea of, firstly, he's in prison as he's writing. He understands the cost of being true to the gospel. Some of us are trying so hard to be uh, liked by everybody else that we have uh, let the gospel slide. Some of us have um, allowed the gospel to be watered down so that it actually tailors to our experience. But what he's saying is, I want you to be prepared. And this, this comes with a, a premeditated desire, decision today to actually say, I'm prepared, Paul, to suffer with you. And this suffering is not just going to jail. It's not just persecution. It's also in just keeping in step with what Jesus said is true, no matter what the cost holding firm to the foundations of who Christ is, no matter what the cost. And so he goes on to give you three uh, different descriptions to help you to understand what this looks like. He uses a soldier, he uses a farmer, and he uses an athlete. Now for the soldier, uh, I think of the soldier that came to Jesus and said, um, Jesus, just say the word, and it will be done. And he was a commanding officer or a, what's the word that they used? Centurion, that's the word I'm after. Um, He was a centurion, so he was in charge of many uh, other soldiers. And he says to Jesus, this is his reasoning, he says, for I know that when you command a word, it must be done in heaven, also here on earth. Just so, because when I give a command, each one of my soldiers carries out what has been said. I say, go here, they go. I say, build this, they build it. I say, do that, they do this. So he says, be a soldier. Be committed to taking hold of everything that Jesus tells you and running with it. If he says, go, you go. If he says, come, you come. Everything that Jesus calls you to. And in this is a discipline. Now, the the word discipline and disciple are not too far different. In fact, they come from the same root word. And discipline can be a dirty word or disciple can feel like a dirty word in some ways because 
It feels like church, religion, I don't want that side of things. I don't want, I don't want to actually just tick the box because I read the scriptures this morning. Uh, I don't want to just try and be a good person out of self-discipline. And yet there is discipline in taking hold of everything that Jesus said is yours to take a hold of. Just like uh, a soldier is disciplined, there is a single-mindedness also. That the soldier is not uh, willing to look at civilian affairs. He doesn't go walking around in casuals. Instead, he's fit for purpose, ready to go anywhere he's at. The moment the commander says, we're moving ranks, he's ready to go. So there's discipline, there's single-mindedness. Is there discipline and single-mindedness to an athlete, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So you think of an athlete, this is probably more similar for us. We understand this sporting kind of culture. And the discipline is uh, in the training. The discipline is in keeping to the rules uh, within the, the constraint of the rules so that you can compete and win and win the victor's crown. Uh, there's also a single-mindedness. When it comes to an athlete, a runner, they will play out winning before they ever even run. Uh, and the same is true for Paul. The same is true for Timothy, for us, that we play out winning before we even get there. And I'm not saying this, you know, a new agey version of this where you just kind of, if I just believe it's going to happen, it will happen. No, it's about actually saying, Jesus, I'm single-minded on you. Think of Peter stepping out of the boat. Uh, Jake's going to preach on this next week, Lord willing. Single-mindedness. This, you know, when a, a, a lady is about to give birth, uh, if I was to say, hey, would you like to go out for dinner right now? That would be the wrong time to ask that question, Will. You're thinking that. So, uh, yes. Uh, at that time... She's single-minded towards getting this baby out, right? It's like, and she's keeping her focus directly on what needs to happen at the right timing, at the right discipline. And then finally, when the child is in their arms, they are full of joy, uh, hopefully, that their child is in their arms, right? But there is a single-mindedness. There is a discipline. And then finally, he says, so we could, we could actually include a fourth one here. Uh, Timothy, think of a, a woman in labour, right? You could put that one in there as well. But then he says a farmer, hardworking farmer. Uh, so this may not be as familiar to most people here, but a hardworking farmer, when they plant the crops, they do it at exactly the right time. Like if they had other plans that week, they cancel the plans to get the most out of their, the season for their crops. Then when it comes to harvesting their crops in the same uh, fashion, they will call all the people that they need from their village or from their circle of friends to come. It's time to harvest. Right now is the time. Can I do it tomorrow? No, today. Yeah, single-mindedness, discipline. Jesus would actually say to those who said, Jesus, I'll follow you. Just let me go and say goodbye to my parents first. Jesus, I'll follow you. Just let me go and bury my dad who just died. And he turns to them and says, let the dead bury their own dead. Uh, if you want to follow me, um, there is this single-mindedness, right? He says, and in fact, he says, the worker who uh, gets ready to plough but looks back over his shoulder is not fit for the kingdom of God. 
Just let that sit in for a minute. Single-mindedness upon Jesus. A single-mindedness to take a hold of. A discipline to not move to the left or to the right, but to take a hold of everything Jesus has for you. That's what he wants for you. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 through to 10. Paul says, What is more, I consider everything a loss. Say everything a loss. Everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, uh, almost want to underline every word here. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his, what? Sufferings, become, uh, becoming like him in his death, and so uh, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. There is firstly the participation in his sufferings. He's not talking about necessarily being crucified here. But he's talking about being disciplined to take a hold of everything of Christ. Nothing else but Jesus. But then he says the power of his resurrection. In other words, if you want the power of Jesus in your Sphere in your world, in uh, your outreach to others, in praying for the sick, in praying for breakthrough. If you want to see Jesus move, the way that you read about it through the Gospels, there's a single-mindedness to grabbing a hold of it. Join with Him in His sufferings. Radio uh, two, oh, 1 Corinthians, rather, chapter 9, uh, verse 24. We're doing some speed dating here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. Say crown. That will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. Notice there's discipline involved. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So there's one thing to preach, uh, go and pray. It's another thing to go and do it yourself. There's the cost, the suffering to push through in Christ. There is a prize to be won. Finally, he says in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 8, 2 Timothy 4, 8. He says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all, that includes you and me, who have longed for his appearing. He's working for a crown. Each one of us, as we move forward this year in just uh, outplaying what it looks like for us to 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 have the maturity of Christ within us, to walk in the fullness of all that he has for us. There is this uh, crown that is placed aside for us, a crown of righteousness. And there's also the power of his righteousness right now. 
as you go to pray for the sick, as you go to seek him out, as you uh, fully yield yourself to Jesus. Can I just say, your biggest step into everything that Christ has for you is a surrender to Jesus, a full surrender, a yieldedness to him, a yieldedness to his spirit. I don't think it's by accident that Jesus, uh, Paul rather says, walk by the spirit because there's life in the spirit. Uh, when it comes to surrender, when it comes to the fullness of Christ, it's on the other side of surrender. To become like Jesus is as quick as surrender. Here's the thing though. The more strong-willed you are, the longer it takes to surrender. Any strong-willed people here? The more broken you are, the more broken you are, the easier it is to surrender. Amen? The quicker it is to become like Christ, the more surrendered you are. So I'm going to leave you with that. I just really feel like the Lord is going to really mess with you this week in a good way. And really call you into suffering. Would you join me with suffering? Would you join me with just taking hold of everything of Christ? Would you join me with prayer that just seeks on your knees to take a hold of everything God has for you? See, uh, discipleship is not going to come just from uh, us doing a program. It's going to come from us on our knees saying, God, would you just come and encounter us there in Jesus' name? So let's pray. How about you stand? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. I just want to uh, ask you, if that's your desire this year, to just come into a deep surrender, uh, to share in the suffering of Christ, uh, to take a hold of everything that he has for you. Do you want to just raise your hand in faith to say, that's me? Just keep your hand raised. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't want to suffer. So it's kind of this measured raise, isn't it? It's a measured raise. God, I, I want it. Okay. Okay, look. The truth is you'll suffer in different ways if you don't take a hold of him. So let's pray. Father God. You see the hands raised nice and high and you see hands that are raised partly up. <laughs> you see hands that are not raised yet. But Father God, we just declare over each person whose hands are raised that according to their faith, according to the measure of their hunger, that you'd meet them this year. Oh, come on, Lord. Meet them this year. Lead them, Father God, to take a hold of the power of your resurrection, to take a hold of everything that you have for them in Jesus' name. Father God, lead them past stubbornness and to brokenness. A good brokenness. One that takes us to our limits, takes us to the end of ourself, and then grips completely to you. Father God, one that when we pray and seek you, it comes directly from just one, uh, just, yeah, our hearts desire with both hands grabbing onto you, only you. And not the world, not, not anything else, not our own wisdom, not our own strength, but grabbing hold of you in Jesus' name. Father God, would you just come refresh those who are weary? Lord, breathe life into those who are exhausted. Father God, come and counsel those who are disappointed, even with you. And lead them, Father God, at the end of themselves, at their brokenness, to discover everything of you this year, Lord. To become into the fullness of Christ, we just dedicate 
our vision to you, Lord God, that we would actually see it outworked in even greater ways than what we thought possible. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Ah, praise God. How do I go for time? I did it right? Ten past? Okay, well, next week I'll... Liz and I won't be here next week, unfortunately. Um, Jake, Jake will actually...